Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Think, Talk, Create podcast, the official podcast of Strategy of Mind. I'm Karen Marinella Hall, Senior Associate at Boston-based Strategy of Mind, which is a global talent development and management consulting firm. Where we don't have to tell you, we're living in really interesting times for sure. These past couple of weeks have literally turned our entire world upside down, uprooting everything from the way we've lived and worked. And when you think about it, in our lifetimes, we have seen catastrophic events in all corners of the world, but I don't think we've ever seen anything that's impacted literally every single person on the planet at the same time, which is just absolutely incredible. From a health perspective, an economic perspective, social perspective, We're adjusting, which does say a lot about our resilience as a species, but boy, it has been difficult for a lot of people. And what's really interesting is what's happening in the working world right now. And that really could signal, we think, the beginning of a really important paradigm shift in terms of how we all work once this is all over. Sitting with me here today are Strategy of Mind co-founders, Ryan Steltzer and Dr. David Brendel. Thanks for joining, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thank you, Karen. Ryan, we've come together here, of course, by phone with good social distancing guidelines under really, really unique circumstances. We really have. This has been, uh, we're excited to be, you know, launching a podcast and we had talked about doing this for so many weeks and months now and we were putting the pieces together and thinking about how to actually do this. And we got a phone call from a couple of clients, uh, past clients who had said, hey, I don't know what you guys are up to right now, but if you could put something out, it would be really, really helpful to the world of work. And so we really skipped all of the initial formalities and Cut, ahead, cut away from doing the, an initial episode even and sort of a traditional launch episode and sort of did these emergency episodes um, for you related to COVID-19. And we really like to focus on how COVID-19 is adversely affecting the world of work and what are some things that we can do to address that um, collectively, not just as a team and an organization, but of course also as individuals. So um, it's we're, we're skipping away from the the uh, traditional first episode and just trying to jump right in and and hopefully provide value to folks who are listening. Agreed, and it's, it couldn't be a more perfect time for the conversation. To your point, both Ryan and David have written a book which is going to be published, I believe, early next year, and it's entitled "Death by Numbers." Uh, David, first, tell us a little bit about the title of that book. Why death by numbers? Well, Karen, we we all have uh, death and fears of death on our mind, as you were saying during this uh, worldwide pandemic. The uh, people the world over are are worried about those themes. But the the title of our book actually predates the uh, COVID nineteen crisis. Uh, although the COVID nineteen crisis, I think, uh, highlights and calls into high relief many of the themes in the book. We're at a real pivot point now with, with the world of work and employment. Many people are losing their jobs, may not be able to go back to the same jobs, and the, uh, the economy may be completely retooling, and people, uh, despite all the fear, may also have an opportunity to find better work going forward. Uh, also, many of us are now uh, working from home or finding other 
appropriate social distancing approaches uh, to our jobs. And so it's a real pivot point in terms of whether the contemporary workplace, now often online, is going to become more human or more disconnected and dehumanized. And those really are the themes of our book. Again, pre-coronavirus, we were very worried that the uh, contemporary workplace uh, is actually causing deaths. And it's death by numbers because many of the deaths seem to be provoked by quantitative mathematical reasoning. Some of that is all about profit motive, bottom line, numbers-based thinking. Some of it is about uh, quantitative performance, metrics, algorithms to uh, assess how people are doing and whether their performance is good or bad, whether they should be promoted or fired. Mm -hmm. uh, and this has uh, led, in some cases, to literal physical deaths. One of the situations we talk about in the book is the Boeing 737 MAX uh, disasters that, that caused many deaths from those crashes. Boeing, it seems, uh, did not fully uh, ensure safety of all of the planes with that new technology, probably as a result of their uh, capitalist competition with uh, with Airbus. And we are capitalists. We believe in uh, companies and people being able to earn money, but not at the expense of safety and not at the expense of long-term reputation. So Boeing is one example of how numerical reasoning, profit uh, motive led, uh, led, led to a disaster and death. So we have many examples of uh, people literally dying as a result of this type of approach to work. And also uh, scenarios where people's souls are dying or communities are, are dying because there is a dehumanization in terms of how we work. Now, despite what we're seeing now with all the coronavirus changes, we will get through this. And we hope that this will actually provide a chance for our society to rethink how people work and how they maintain connectedness and uh, are not only cogs in the wheel of a profit machine. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is um, you're advocating for an awareness around how the qualitative bottom line approach of business and capitalism doesn't necessarily have to go away, but might need to shift or change a little bit. Definitely. One, one of the things that we've seen in our consulting and coaching practices, and also that's been borne out uh, in a lot of research, including research done uh, by Google, uh, by Harvard business professor, Amy Edmondson, these, a lot of this research and direct experience is showing that the companies that do best long-term, maybe, maybe not in the immediate month or quarterly earnings report, but long-term, the companies that do better are the ones that promote interpersonal connectedness and psychological safety in the workplace. Mm -hmm. where people feel safe and free to talk about what's on their minds, uh, share ideas, brainstorm, and not worry that they're going to uh, be the targets of negative judgment or retaliation. Uh, those are the companies where people can raise concerns. <clears throat> people can, uh, you know, 
For example, if somebody at Boeing had been able to stand up and say, we can't do this, this is too dangerous, this is going to damage our company and possibly kill people, if that conversation could have happened safely, the Boeing disaster may have been avoided. So, yeah, we very strongly believe that the workplace going forward needs to ensure uh, psychological safety. Yeah. And... One of the big themes, probably the key theme of the book, is this idea of Think, Talk, Create, also the name of this podcast. Tell us more about that. What is Think, Talk, Create? Well, Karen, we we have these uh, you know very high-minded ideas, right, that the, the, the workplace should be safe and humanistic and all, uh, all of those, you know, wonderful sounding concepts, but the question is, how exactly do you do that? You need some practical steps, a practicum, as, as some people call it. So we've, we've identified a three-step process uh, and, and, and a technique that, goes, that kind of runs through each of those processes to in, ensure that this actually can be uh, implemented and, and executed. There's no commas between think and talk or between talk and create, because this this is really very much a fluid process. Mm -hmm. The think aspect refers to slowing down, pausing, and reflecting. We all have very frenetic uh, work schedules, too many tasks, too many emails. We can never quite catch up. We advocate for taking some deep breaths, taking a walk, taking a rest, and really thinking about what you're doing. So self-reflection is a big part of it. And, so, and some of it really involves like what might be the downsides of some of the things I'm doing? What am I putting at risk? Possibly even some ethical issues may come in there. The next fluid step in the process is talking. And this is where the psychological safety comes in. Being able to have uh, open dialogue with your co-workers, with your boss, with people up, down, and across your organization. And then that leads on to the create process where we're able to frame the most important question. Sometimes it's just creating a framework uh, for consideration and discussion, which is a big step forward. But ultimately, it's about creating um, some innovative solutions. And the the, the technique that I was um, just mentioning before that kind of runs throughout all of these steps in the Think Talk Create process is what we call active inquiry. We refer to it as AI, as kind of a counterpoint to the artificial intelligence of the quantitative mm-hmm. reasoning world. This is sort of humanistic, qualitative AI. And yeah, it, it, it's, it sounds simple-minded, but it's actually very hard to do. It involves in slowing down in these conversations I'm talking about in the talk step and asking non-judgmental, agenda-free open-ended questions, really self-disciplining oneself to do that, to letting the other person speak, then having the other person ask you open-ended questions. And what we um, have learned in our practice is that that enhances the self-discovery process and people build toward these create, the create step, the create solutions. When they're not being told what to do, when the conversations are not nervous and frenetic, but open. So that's a, so think talk creates a three-step fluid process with uh, AI as the underlying technique. 
Yeah, fascinating. And, and then the follow-up question here is, all right, how do you realistically put that into practice in an organization? Um, great question. It definitely needs to be done intentionally and proactively. Again, if you, this is the kind of thing where people may listen to a lecture or read a chapter uh, or you know, some kind of academic presentation of it. That's not going to be enough. We believe that managers and leaders in the companies need to create uh, various kinds of forums to, to make this happen. It's part of what we do in our consulting work. When we go into a company, we form a dialogue groups. Sometimes it's one-to-one -one dialogue. Sometimes it takes place in a group. And we try to teach and facilitate the companies to be able to continue to do this. But you don't necessarily need external consultants to do this. Yeah. Uh, there are... Uh, there are structured ways to do it. It may be during one-on-one -on -one meetings once a week. We're going to use some of the time for uh, for active inquiry. Uh, it may be during team meetings. It might be during uh, periodic retreats. So we we really we encourage leaders in in companies who are overseeing teams, large or small teams, small, medium, big companies doesn't matter. Um, find a uh, a concrete and regular process to facilitate this. Don't leave it to chance. Got it. And when you think about this, David, through the lens of what organizations are facing today with COVID-19, how can ThinkTalk create, be beneficial, be utilized, be helpful? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because it's about the only thing on our, on our minds now and, and understandably, it's really uh, the world is topsy turvy at the moment, but the, but these same principles of think talk create and active inquiry uh, are still relevant. They may be even more relevant now, uh, in part because we're not in our workplaces most of the time. We're on we're online, and we should be thinking about. And I think many people are already thinking about how do I make this work? I'm sitting at home, uh, I have kids running around upstairs. Uh, I don't have my workplace set up exactly. Uh, and we, we need to create a process. So we really encourage people, take a look at the ThinkTalk create process. You may have more time now that you're working from home to take a walk, make yourself lunch. Think, think about things. It's a, it's a different environment that may actually allow you um, some more space for self-reflection. And really think about the talk process. Who are you talking with? Uh, are you scheduling the meetings uh, by video conference? What about in in groups? Uh, and of course, the create process we hope will go will will uh, will follow from from all of that. I think one of the branch points here for uh, bosses, managers, leaders uh, to confront as people move into work from home environments is to what degree are you going to monitor people? Um, I, I, I have some clients who are, they're actually being monitored for how much they're online. Are they showing up to every single meeting uh, or not? And they're, they're almost being monitored as much or more than when they're physically in the workplace. We encourage um, leaders here to strongly consider giving people more space trusting them that they are going to do the work, take more of a results focus. 
we think that that's going to enhance psychological safety. And so that, again, this one of the positives that may come out of this horrible crisis where we're all facing uh, is more trust, more collaboration, uh, and just more thoughtfulness about how we interact with each other as human beings. Yeah. Ryan, I wanted to get your take on this as well. There's been some conversations around this idea of trust and psychological safety during this time. What are your thoughts on that as well? It's, it's, it's so crucially important because it's essentially what we're left with now. It, there's been articles that have been written over the last five to 10 years that talk about how the world of work is changing, how it's becoming more automated, how we're seeing more AI, the other kind of AI, the, the artificial intelligence, um, you know, in contrast to our AI of active inquiry. Um, there was this prediction that as the world of work became more digitized and technical, that what we'd be left with is actually a human environment. And this has essentially, the crisis that we're dealing with now has essentially put that on a fast track and we're all secluded and practicing social distancing uh, in our homes and online. And what we're left with is the human side of work. We're interacting with other, having conversations, um, having dialogue and trying to, trying to just get to the other side of this. I mean, you can ask a question that, you know, is a, is a, um, is a, is it possible to be profitable during this? Is it possible to, to be, um, to grow as an organization? And the answer actually is yes, because as David was saying, what we've seen through our research and we're writing about in the book is that companies that have the greatest long-term success, the greatest potential to be um, to do well over the course of months and years as opposed to quarterly earnings are those that, that focus on that, that human interconnectedness, psychological safety, and, and building these trusting, high-performing environments. And so what the virus does, <clears throat> I mean, there's, it's, it's difficult to draw any positives or silver linings from something so catastrophic. But um, what the virus does for organizations is it essentially forces them to practice Think, Talk, Create, or try to build more human, um, re- better human relationships amongst their teams. And if companies are tracking their employees while they're home, that's not really a good way to build trust. It's essentially, it's in fact saying verbatim that you don't trust them. That's why you're keeping tabs on them. So what the crisis has inadvertently done is it, it has put companies in, an oper- in a position, whether they like it or not, to try to build these long-lasting, high-performing, psychologically safe environments through human connectedness and, and, and conversation. Um, and I, you know, the, the, the one way to think about this is, um, you know, leaders and managers, you know, they're responsible for managing the performance of their teams. Maybe that's why they're thinking about tracking some of their colleagues, which isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Um, but really what we should be stepping back and saying, as David said, you know, give your, give your folks more space. That's because we're all in this together. We really have to manage one another and look after one another. And that's how we're going to get to the other end of this by having these, 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 these better trusting um, relationships with one another that inadvertently build high performing professional environments. So companies will be able to return to work um, having gone through uh, this booster exercise of, um, of having a, a psychologically safe, high performing team. Amazing the the benefit that could potentially come from this. And I agree with the point that was made earlier, David, that there's an opportunity here right now to do that pause and and really start to affect this change that can continue on the other side of this. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Any final words from either of you? 
One one thing I would add to that is I, I, I you know, we we both Ryan and I were just talking about bosses that are monitoring people. On the other end of the spectrum, there are uh, I think uh, bosses and companies that are tr really trying very hard to do the right thing here. I think that's actually the majority of them and maintain the connectedness. But some of what I've seen in some situations is they're, they're almost going too far by like saying, oh, we're, you know, we're going to schedule, everybody bring your lunch and we're all going to get on Zoom and eat together. <laughs> and for some people that may be too much. Uh, and this is where active inquiry comes in. What I really encourage uh, leaders in situations to do is ask. Right. What's the open-ended question piece? Instead of saying, here's what we're going to do to stay connected, you might um, individually or maybe even, or maybe as a group as well, say, how do you all want to stay connected? Right? Don't ask, don't ask a question that leads to a yes or no answer. Do you all want to have lunch together on Friday? No one's going to say no to that. You seem, you seem like a, you know, a misanthrope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just a recluse. You don't, you don't want to come across that way. Um, but if people, if you can ask the question, what would be a good way to stay connected and let people just throw ideas out there? Ultimately, a decision, of course, has to be made. But that it, it puts people in much more of a, uh, an empowered position to be able to get a dialogue going. I love that. And, I, and you're right. This is a learning process. For everyone, you're not going to get it right necessarily out of the starting gate. Be patient and take the time. Be and inquire. Yeah. That's the act of inquiry. Really ask openly and listen. I love that. Oh, gosh. Really good stuff. Thank you both very much for your insight and your help during this. And um, this is, again, just our first podcast. In our next episode, we're going we're gonna to pivot away from the team discussion that we've had here today and really look at how individuals on an individual level can really take some of these concepts and put them to work um, as a member of a team during this crisis. And I think that'll be another very fascinating conversation. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, if any of you out there have any questions or suggestions for any topics that you'd like us to cover on the Think Talk Create podcast, feel free. We're, it's an open invitation to reach out to our team. The email address is coaches at strategyofmindoneword, strategyofmind.com. Again, that's coaches at strategyofmind.com. We'd love to hear from you, value your input. So thanks everyone for joining us. Until next time. You have been listening to the Think Talk Create podcast, the official podcast of Strategy of Mind. To learn more about Karen, Ryan, and David and the work they do, feel free to visit their website, www.strategyofmind.com. Ryan and David's book, Death by Numbers, will be published next year by the Hachette Book Group under the Public Affairs imprint. Thank you for listening.